Hello there and welcome to the Outside Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there is no tomorrow. This week we're talking about the first four Uncharted games in preparation for, for the movie. God damn it. My name is Thomas and uh, I'm my co-host, John. Well, listen, we're talking about one of the best gaming franchises, Uncharted. Like, 100%. it's only on PlayStation and I only discovered it in 2016 through a YouTuber called Thatcher Joe. Yeah, um, we both did. He did a he did a walkthrough of Thief's End Uncharted Four, and we watched. Yeah, it. I remember. So as I say, we're going to talk about the first four games, telling the story of Nathan Drake. Obviously, that's what the film is based on. So sorry, Lost Legacy, but not today, buddy. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've n- I've never played any apart from four all the way through. You know, I'd done snippets at friends' houses and stuff, but I always I always saw this as an Indiana Jones kind of Tomb Raider ripoff. But I was completely wrong. Having gone through them all, it really carves its identity, and and obviously it does share elements, but it's got a lot a lot to like. Shall we just, we got four to get through and I have tons, tons of notes. Should we just get started with the first game, 2007's Drake's Fortune? Yes, let's go back to it. This one is my least favorite. It was a bit rough to play. The mechanics that I played on mm-hmm. PlayStation and the mechanics were so bad. Like I couldn't understand the controls Like because I played on the fourth game and then onto the new game. I was like, okay, that's that's different. That's fine. And mm-hmm. I was playing through and it was so uncomfortable to play. Like the pacing was weird, but it did have like an intact storyline that I really liked. It had a really good introduction to Nathan Drake and finding mm-hmm. the lost city of gold, Eldorado. Yes. Yes. And this like felt like a proper start to it but the proper start to it is like later on in the series which is the second one oh God, yeah talk about that um, <laughs> well i definitely yeah. agree with you it's early days for the gameplay and various elements aren't perfect i felt you know like you don't really interact with your environment it feels like unless it's the bit that you're actually supposed to like climb over it feels a bit janky and the combat mechanics with aiming and you know hand to hand combat could have had a bit more play you definitely get more of that in the sequels but yeah you know, i definitely agree with you and, and and pacing wise i feel like the beginning of it it definitely strikes you know a pretty good balance between you know the action and the exploration but as it goes along it loses this balance and i think it just becomes way too action heavy at times and it isn't not enjoyable but sometimes i just want to sit back and do a bit of exploring and i feel like the other games are so much better at striking this balance even simple things like you know a little break in action or changing the music something melancholic it could go a long way in exploring things like oh yeah spoilers for everything right now but uh, sully's fake out death like early in the game you think that sully's dead Obviously, he's not, but it doesn't really give you much time to sit with that, to feel those emotions. Whereas I feel like in the other games, there are great sequences where you really feel and they change the music. And especially in 4, we'll come back to that. You you get those moments where, you know, the emotions and the relationships and the characters are really given time to shine. Yeah. And going back to the pace of the game, once you, like, explore the the submarine. Yes. Going through, that was, like, one of the bits that I can remember from the first game. Like, it was so scary, like, going through the ship, like, the music. And Nathan Drake just like wandering through, and then I can't remember what he finds a note yes. in the dead body in the thing. Yeah, about the lost city. It was like, oh, that's really, that's really good for this. And then out of nowhere, Sully just gets his fake out death mm. and killed by I don't know who it was because I can't even remember much oh, of the game. The, vil- the villains. Part. No, I, I agree. I think. It's interesting, this game has a lot of horror elements and the other games don't really have that. Yes. Um, I think all of them go into a bit mystical. I, I guess apart from 4, 
go the, the first four, three, which I really like. Yeah, yeah, I 100 percent agree. But yeah. I think the others they all go into something pretty mystical. But I feel like Drake's Fortune is the one where it's the scariest. But yeah, you know, you speak about the villains. They're extremely Indiana Jones. You know, they're after a treasure that is ultimately their downfall. And I like the way they died, but we don't get to know them or loathe them in the way we would in indie films or even in the other Uncharted games. The final boss fight is barely a boss fight. You just kind of kill a load of goons up on a boat and then that's it. You got to like explode a barrel and yeah explode about I like I know what they're going for but in terms of gameplay and the satisfactory ending it doesn't really hit it for me the most memorable thing about the the game was I I don't know what quote it was it was like Mark Pop no it was Sir Francis Drake wasn't it the quote I think there's a uh, quote in each game opening oh right yes of course um yeah but I don't know which oh, one the first remember. one is but and then it opens up with Elena and Nathan Drake finding... Well, it's where uh, they find the, is the it, diary. Is it maybe there must be a beginning of any great matter, but the continuing until the end, until it be thoroughly finished, yields the true glory. Is that yes. the quote? Yeah, I think that's maybe? the quote. Yeah. yeah, that's the quote. And then they <laughs> sure. find the... I don't know. Uh, they find the, the body, not the body. The coffin. Like, there's a coffin. That was the word, right? Uh, the coffin of Sir Francis Drake and they find yeah. the diary. Now, that diary is the most important diary in the entire game series. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I like that. That's the careless of it. Because that's important for Drake's deception. Yes, uh, the whole... The, yeah. in, especially in the first two games, they definitely build this relationship that Nate feels he has with Sir Francis Drake. And I definitely feel like the best part of this game are the characters that they build. You know, the voice acting is excellent mm. you know nolan yeah. north as as nathan drake is is really really strong and he carries the franchise so well as the main guy obviously you know sully and elena as well are really good as like the side protagonists they're so good and i love you know that drake is perfectly kind of intrigued by the adventure and is he's charming he's got good chemistry of his friends and he always feels out of his depth he doesn't never feel like he's got control of any situation. He's always just yeah. <laughs> getting through on the skin of his teeth. But I have to say that, like, it's a critique that I've heard been thrown around before. But he's so, like, jovial. But he's just extremely merciless. And he spends the whole game just killing without any remorse the whole way through. And then he'll be like, oh, I can't have Elena's death on my conscience. Like, as if it mattered throughout the whole game. <laughs> like, like, come on. Like, he doesn't have the I most sturdy characterization here. But it becomes better later on, I think. Yeah, yeah. That's a bit weird part of the game is that mm. he's a very nice guy, Nathan Drake. He's just like exploring through, he touches something and it just explodes and the whole thing just <laughs> goes down. This is actually a problem in the games. Like you see the characters kill people and then they don't have like someone in their remorse like, ah, no, that person died. I need to see that. Yeah, person. they must yeah. kill hundreds of people, maybe even thousands across the I'm range of the to game. Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah, like that game, you mercilessly kill everyone. Yeah, that right. Game. But that's the yeah. point of that game. You know, at the end True. of the game, True. spoilers for Red Dead Redemption 2, amazing game, by the way, you get the True. choice at the end of the game, depending on how you've played the game, whether you've done a lot of like the side quests where you're supposed to help people out. Arthur says at the end of the game, you know, I tried to be a good person, or you just prove that you are just like a merciless cowboy. And I think that 
you don't really get that in Uncharted. You just kind of, you have no choice other than just <laughs> mow through like hundreds of goons. And in this one, zombies as well. I guess zombies are the best word to call them. Oh, you just kill them all. Yeah, zombies. I kind of remember that bit. Yeah, but Nazis. Yeah, I, all I remember was just like Nathan Drake just shooting all the way through this game because it was a bit hard to do the shooting actually. I mean, the, the, the locations, graphics, they're, they're pretty solid for 2000, 2007. Solid, Especially yeah. if you play the remastered versions, you get, you know, obviously better graphics, but you get a good range of rivers and caves, old structures, forests. You know, they're really well brought to life, if not a bit repetitive. But yeah, I don't really have much else to say other than it's difficult to rate a video game because, you know, I still had fun, but I think I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10. Yeah, I'm going to go on the same six out of ten like cool. this is a really rough start to mm. the franchise yeah. but moving on to iron child 2 uh-huh. now this, among thieves i talked about this game all the time yeah we talked we talked about podcast. it as early as early as episode four of the podcast where we did our favorite video games i'm pretty sure you mentioned Uncharted 2 and 4 yes i did and so good these games mm. and i need to think about Uncharted 3 because that is also a great game yeah. Uncharted 4, another <laughs> great game. Anyway, Uncharted 2. Now, this is where it really picks it up. I know they've been through with Uncharted 1, like, how okay, how are we going to make it fair? Now, they're going to Shambhala. They're going mm-hmm. to, like, all different places around the world that can greatly make the tensions arise with this villain of the story and their relationship between Nathan and Elena. Mm-hmm. This is like pure and child right here. And yeah. there's some really sad moments in the game when the cameraman guy, I, I forgot his name. Yes. Yeah, when he died. <laughs> the saddest moment of unnamed character. Dang. Yeah, no, oh. I think immediately, like the opening is so good you know, it, straight, it sends you straight into the action, hanging off a train, oh, a train. hanging off the side of a cliff. So, you know, it balances the past and the present perfectly. You go back to the setup of the action and it takes you straight back. It allows you as a player to ease yourself back into the gameplay while also giving you what you love about the franchise immediately. You're scaling this train as it's falling. It's so, you know, nail-bitingly amazing. And I think compared to the first game, so much more happens and it... It really diversifies the gameplay. Immediately, you've got better melee combat and smoother dynamics, and it makes the whole experience feel much more immersive and smooth. Yeah, and this has really big set pieces. Like, the yes. set pieces go they go onto another scale throughout the games. Mm. Like, two is like the start starting set pieces, but they're mad. What Drake goes through in that one, three, that's massive. Three has that one, and then four. We'll yeah. talk about the set pieces. Yeah. In two, you get to see like how crazy Nathan Drake is. Like he goes through <laughs> trying to find yeah. a piece of treasure, but also thinking about his loved ones. Like that is yeah. a really different, you know, like, the dynamic between Elena and uh, Nathan. Like mm-hmm. you know, he's trying to find the sea, and this is the really good introduction of uh, another character. I forgot her name. Chloe. Chloe. There we go, Chloe. I forgot. Uh, I can't believe I forgot about Chloe. <laughs> but Chloe, yeah, she is fantastic in this game. Like, it really helps to, you know, show that. I mean, throughout the game, that she's just like a double cross. Like, just, just like, aha, no, well, I am working for this guy. No, well, I am. Well, isn't she's who Uncharted Lost Legacy is yes. following? It's her and Nadine from the fourth game. But mm-hmm. I have to agree with you about the set pieces. 
so much better. The the campaign takes on more globe trotting and different arenas and biomes to explore and fight in. It's, it's so much better than Drake's Fortune. But I think you know the settings are used so well. Like when you're escaping a collapsing building, which is simultaneously yeah. being attacked by a helicopter, or as I say, scaling a train hanging off the side of a cliff as it falls further down, or, or you know, like all the times you get to run across rooftops, it takes everything to the next level. And I think that is that is great you know we've talked about great video game sequels in the past with arkham city for example and this is the action adventure equivalent of that you know we get all yeah. of this but it never sacrifices the cave exploring and jungle expeditions which made drake's fortune so much fun and i think retaining the core of the franchise while moving forward is exactly what i want to see and what makes this game so so much better than the first one yeah and don't forget the bit where nathan drake gets chased by a tank in <laughs> Yes. Oh yes. my god. He's like RPG, RPG. He's trying <laughs> yeah. to find it. Yeah. And but going back to characters, like the character uh-huh. relationships are like so good. Their relationship between Nathan and Sully. Mm. Yeah, they're great. They're great. And it really shows their relationship. And I really like that they explored it in three. So that one's good. Yes. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I think the emotional core of all these games is the relationship between Nate and Elena. And I think the real ending of this game, of it's I wouldn't say it's not the fight with Lazarevich. It's Nate realizing he still has feelings for Elena and that he wants to make things right between them. It was a really, really good ending with Nate reaffirming to himself that he can still be the good guy. He can still save the world and get the girl. You know, it's simple, but it's effective. You know, I'm not the hugest fan of Harry Flynn, who is oh, the, the kind of like... Ah, that guy. Flynn. One of the villains... You know, uh, he's just similar to Chloe, just portraying left, right and centre. And that's all he's really good for. I don't really believe the relationship Nate has with him. And, you know, he's just a stereotype of, of the betraying best friend. But they're all stereotypes, really, all the characters. I like how Harry is killed by Lazarevich uh, towards the end. Oh, yeah. But again, it's about Nate and Elena. That's what it's all about. And the fact that, you know, it ends with those guys thinking, oh, maybe we can make this work. Maybe it can be okay. And it's a struggle that they go through in every game. But I think that they always take it to new horizons and it never becomes repetitive. Yeah. The soundtrack. Oh, when you... Uh, okay, <laughs> so on the PlayStation, like when you set it up for the Inchired Remastered games, you mm-hmm. go on and then you get to the menu. Uh, Drake's themes comes on. It's like... I, I forgot how the melody went, but it was like something like that. Um... <laughs> Yeah, everyone, yeah. it's me, the guy who knows the music. Famous uh, composer. Who's the composer? I don't, I don't, I, I mean, I don't even know oh, for this game. I know who the composer is for four. And that's I know who the Jumping. composer is. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Yeah. We'll talk about that. Oh, but the masterpiece like, of the soundtrack for it. So, yeah. so good. Uh, but everything's greatly improved. Definitely. In two. Again, with set pieces, mm. characters, but some of the characters are a bit, you know, what we said, you said, like with Flynn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Flynn was annoying throughout the game. Just like, aha, you, I'm British. Yeah. You, you try to get me, you stupid <laughs> man. You... Yeah, we've got a classic British villain as well. Oh, uh, like, wow. Great, um, just what I wanted. And we do get like some puzzles that are really good. Yeah. Uh, throughout the game. You're going to do like trying to steal the ruby, like at the beginning. Yes. yes. And then like oh, trying like to get that. to, and that was really uh-huh. cool that bit, like going through, like going through the series going through the palace, trying to find it. Yeah. That was really cool. I, I really mean, like it. Like it, obviously I criticized Drake's fortune 
it's in balance when it comes to balancing the action and exploration but this gets it so much better as you say all the different puzzles are like the best parts and it's why i love stuff like jedi fallen order it's exploring temples and encountering traps and puzzles and you have to solve them and it's really fun and it again it elevates the game above the predecessor and you get so many of them throughout the thing and, and you have to use your you got to use the journal and, and it's not just simple you got to use your own logic and i think that's so good and as you say it's great to have bonus stealth missions and although they might feel a bit easier each time i guess it depends what difficulty you're playing at it's still like a really good way to do it but what i love is that you know we say nathan drake is really soulless and he is he kills everyone yeah but at one point he's like <laughs> he's like i'm not gonna kill these guards and I'm like, wait, wh- why? You don't have any, you don't have any problem with killing anyone else. Like he's so shallow, but like it's also why he's so great because you would kill anyone. But then he's so hurt every time he's betrayed. He's like, how could you betray me? And it's like, well, you just killed loads of people. So um, you know, maybe maybe you should kind of sever those connections. But but that but that's what's so good about him. He's optimistic, but he also has that chip in his shoulder. Gives him some edge. And I think they use this soulless nature of of his character. Uh, that you know inherently comes with the gameplay to their advantage at the end i love that nate chooses not to kill lazarevich and instead lazarevich brings up how many men nate killed and he's like you just killed everyone kill me and and nate's like no you know nate proved that he's not like the villains and we kind of get a final boss fight i mean it's more than Drake's fortune can say, but it's it's very basic cat and mouse. Like I would have preferred something like Mr. Freeze in Arkham City, where you can't you can't use the same attack twice and have to be smarter about your moves. But in this, you can just run in a circle and shoot exploding <laughs> and then, sap. And then you like to. get the gun. For me, when I was fighting the Zarvich at the end, like press the gun, where's the gun? I hear it. And you <laughs> like it was so scary. Like okay, like the boss fight was okay. Like at the mm. end, you had to shoot this guy. But honestly, you had to find the gun. Like you have to run around and you're like, oh, yes. no, I'm a gun. oh no, run, run, run. And you're like trying to do it all the way. And, uh, and it was like so similar to the one in Uncharted 4. You get chased by a truck in 4. Yes, uh, you do. Yeah. Oh my God, but, yeah, of course. But yeah, no, it, it's just kind of, it is pretty scary. I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah. Like, yeah, like Lazarevich is a much better villain than yeah whoever it was in the first game who who was it in the first game i like, don't genuinely. know it was like some, um uh, he was like a friend of sully i think yes that's why i remember uh, um i'm gonna google yeah. it uncharted one yeah villain. navarro the, the, who navarro south american archaeologist oh an archaeologist sure, sure. really oh really? i remember this guy and then gabriel roman as well right show so. me show me the picture i, I does he have an eye patch <laughs> No. Oh. Who who has an eye patch? I don't know. No, he look he looks like Harry Flynn with a beard, basically. But yeah, oh. I get oh. I guess it, it goes oh, him. It, yeah, oh. this guy. I'll send you a picture. It goes to show, you know, what we're saying. It proves our point. Very, very unmemorable villain in the oh, first this one. Guy. This guy. I don't remember him. No, he's not. He he really doesn't do anything. It's not that special. Oh, oh. Anyway, but Lazarvich, he's a scary guy. When when you first meet in in the oh, what was the city where Chloe and Nathan go? And then uh, yeah, I, I know the one, the one that's like all war torn, and that's where Elena is filming. Yeah, I know what you mean. On Lazarvich, yes. and I yeah. love how it like slowly builds up to like connecting the dots between Lazarvich and the things that are happening in 
that city as well. I don't know, like he's a warmonger. Yeah, he's a warmonger. Uh, Lazarevich and that city, that oh yeah, the city part was like really cool. Like with set pieces, like where the bit where Nathan and Chloe are fighting in the building, and then the building like slowly collapses yes. onto another building. You're like, what the heck just happened? And you get chased by a helicopter. But yeah, there's some really good moments. Yeah, um, like, I think the way that we kind of first properly encounter Lazarevich, he's like this, you know, this really intimidating force and you totally believe that he would just kill anyone who would get in his way. And I feel like that gives him a lot of edge. But still, in terms of the franchise's villains, I think they kind of get better. But yeah, what do you uh, what, what do you think you can give this game out of 10? 10. Sorry, I think Ooh, I'm going to I'm going to go 9. Like really good. What a what a game. Like it's mad that the first game, like they stepped up so much, you know, like yeah. it's so good. It's one of the best gaming experiences that I really enjoyed with Enchired 2. Like, mm. oh, this is so good. Like, you know, from one to two and like proper, like uh, probably playing it on the you know, the remaster. Oh, so good. But yeah, we stepped it up. Now, Tom, what should we move on to? Let's move on to I'm trying to think of a joke. Wait, <laughs> um, let's move on to Kirby's Epic Yarn, the the uh, secret third game in the franchise. Yeah, baby, um, Kirby Epic Yarn. We're, we're doing oh. Uncharted Three. Well, let's let's oh. not get you started. We're doing Uncharted Three: Drake's Deception. I want to um, talk about the, no, the, the best mechanics no. in the game when you get like Kirby. <laughs> the the listeners of the listeners have come for Uncharted, and we're going to give them. To, like, okay, so Uncharted Three. Then you get like all the coins <laughs> and everything. He's going on help somebody. Uh, I was so you know like the, mostly this game is it's more of the same. The best the game pl- is Kirby. No. <laughs> So this is a game that Nathan Drake has to find the lost treasure of Kirby. Oh, shit. What? <laughs> um, Tom! Mo- okay. <laughs> uh, this game, um, it, to me, I think it's, it's, it's more of the same. I don't think the gameplay has improved a whole load, but I think the plot, apart from Uncharted 4, I think this might be my favourite plot of the four of them. Oh. We do explore different maps and locations, obviously. But, you know, this is the third game of the same format, and I, I kind of wish it had mixed things up a little bit. It's like it's like Arkham Origins. You know, it was criticised for having similar gameplay to Arkham City. It didn't really advance anything enough. And I think Drake's Exemption is similar. But similarly to Origins, the story is a banger. And I have to say, like, that is the bit to me that really, really stands out. I wasn't expecting this kind of story when going through the whole entire franchise. You get to explore the relationship between Sully and Nathan. And that was like one of the best bits in the game. Like, you understand the past behind Nathan, like how he became this church hunter. And you'll see that in four as well. Backstory with the Cordy brothers. Drake, yeah, that's it. And in the third one, with the story, he has to find... It was like a guy called Lawrence of Arabia who finds yeah. this place. I, I forgot what the name of the place was, but... Uh, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I did all these games within the space of a month, so, so they all kind of, like, meld into one. Obviously, I've got my notes, but I don't think... Let's see. It's in the desert. What are they trying to find in... Oh, sorry. The one thing that I forgot to mention is that they actually done really good research on the history of, like, where the treasure might be in the games, like um, Marco Polo, with the 400 ships, like, being Mm. somewhere in Southeast Asia, I think, after the Mongolian War. Is it? 
Yeah, I think so. Uh, I, uh, I don't know, but I do like that they've put that effort in. It's Atlantis know. Atlantis of the Sands is what it's called. Oh, Atlantis um, of the Sands. Yes, yes, I remember now. Atlantis uh, of the Sands. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely think that the desert setting is the best way to progress this storyline. And I got to say... The whole desert sequence is one that stands oh. out for me so much. Oh. Not not because of the gameplay, because it's not really that special, but it's just wandering about. It's trudging through the desert and it puts you right into Nate's shoes, tired and bored and wanting to go on. It's so great because you're going in circles, being taunted by Marlo, who's the villain, her voice. And it's such a clever sequence. It's one of the ways in which she shines as a villain. And I think the villains in this are the best so far. Nathan is just staggering through the desert, moaning for Sully. You know, he's the only thing that he's on his mind. He's been kidnapped. You know, when he collapses, everything lost. Sully is the thing he sees. Sully is the one to lift him up and inspire him to keep on going. It's a great moment that really amplifies their friendship and how much they mean to each other. You know, I kind of wish that the the, the action scene in the ghost town, you know, Nate hasn't had any water for a couple of days. Like, how are you fighting people? Like, this man's superhuman. But they definitely focus on the relationship between Sully and Nate a lot more. And I really like that. Yeah. When I played the desert sequence, it was like messing up my mind. Just like playing it. I was like, am I playing the game or is the game ruining my life? I don't know. (laughs) Just like, just like, you know, the whole desert sequence, like the bit where you have like, I couldn't tell which one was the cutscene or the gameplay. Like I was standing still for five minutes. Like, (laughs) <laughs> is this part of the gameplay is this part of the gameplay and then once i'm like, part of the plan. i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah. yeah no i know what you mean i definitely think that this is the most trippy game like you know when, when you eventually get to atlanta to the sands and nate washes his hair and, and he he takes a drink of the water and then immediately there's an eclipse and sully gets shot and i was like what they just killed sully what like what and then like you find out that oh no Nate was hallucinating the whole time and throughout the game there are all these hallucinations and it's so trippy yeah that was crazy with the set pieces oh yeah so the film Uncharted is going to have one of the best set pieces from the Drake's Deception the -hmm. plane bit the the whole plane let let me tell you the one that you're seeing on screen like or in the trailer that's nothing. Mm-hmm. The whole bit when he is on the plane, the plane gets destroyed, like gets destroyed, like from Drake punching that guard to like the whole plane just exploding. And then he like, goes through the air and then gets to a crate and then just parachutes it. And ah, uh, and the soundtrack yeah. comes in, like into score, like the score comes in, like, and, like, yeah. No, it, uh, it's, an, it's an amazing sequence. And I think the standout sequences of this game are just the best so far and like the best sequences that like they are they come when maps are literally exploding left right and center is that they got the train sequence in the last game and they were like oh. turn up to 11 it's like you you know you're escaping the castle being shot by rpgs you know there's a house burning down as you say climbing into a, a plane as it explodes and my personal favorite the sea chapters you're on boats and you're taking down enemies and then the boat is sinking and it has so much electric energy and it's great fun to play for you've got to escape the boat whilst it's sinking they're the most that- the most fun and challenging in the series and they're just cool it's like the titanic but guns it's like titanic but more cool <laughs> yeah it's titanic um, but it's die hard die hard yeah that door no we don't need any doors apart from you jack and rose you 
well, Rose is going to take that space. <laughs> but we're going to do it on the boat, and we're going to shoot out. Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, like that... we had some, we had some boat stuff in Drake's Fortune, but it, you know, it didn't really do it. It was, they, they it were, felt they short. Were obsessed with, they they, were obsessed. Yeah. But the one, like the one, like is it a ship? Yeah, it's a ship. Like you know, with Drake like going through the ship and yeah, shooting his way out, and like one of the villains was on that ship. I think yeah, he was like, oh, I'm going about to die, but I'm going to take you with it. And he shoots like yeah. a ceiling, like oh yes, oh, wow. he, he shoots the glass, and it, and it all. Oh, it's so good. It kind of sucks that this whole boat sequence, it's totally pointless to the plot. Nate oh, gets kidnapped and he has to save no. Sully. But Sully oh, isn't even dude. there and all the pirates die. It's just kind of like a one or two hour detour. And while it's loads of fun, it's ultimately a side quest that it, it really detracts from the momentum of the campaign. Not to give another Fallen Order comparison, but it's like it's like when Cal gets kidnapped by the Haxian Brood in that game. You know, it, it, it's so much more fun than that, to be fair. But I feel like, you know, Uncharted doesn't include many side missions. If any, I, I don't know if it includes any side missions, but I feel like this should have had more plot or character relevance, maybe fitting in with the themes of the of the game. I don't know, but I feel like it was a bit of a waste, even as even though it's loads of fun. Yeah, it's a shame. I can't remember anything from the soundtrack. Like, the soundtrack was... No, the soundtrack doesn't really stand out to me until 4. 4, uh, yes. Mm. I'm going to have a long discussion about 4, actually. Oh, yes. Um, I've got yeah. I've got tons of notes about 4, probably most so far, but in terms of 3, the way this game advances Nate's relationships with all the characters is amazing. As I say, his friendship with Sully is a great driving force for him, but they also question this friendship and whether Sully is just using Nate uh, or, you know, vice versa. But Sully himself feels tired with all the constant adventuring. It's a really cool dynamic an interesting way to progress their friendship and obviously we've got more from Nate and Elena as well they come to a mutual understanding Elena continuing to show she's a good person despite not liking how Nate dragged himself through the dirt so often and, you know it kind of sucks they had to break up again in between games we never get to see them as a couple until the yeah. fourth game but I feel like this game gives an interesting dynamic where both we as the player and Nate are unsure of where she stands you know she's still wearing the engagement ring but we don't really know you know where she stands and, 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 and she still feels like Nate can't let go of this lifestyle which is something we see in all the games yeah i really like they didn't forget events about from the second game but the fourth game does like talk about the events which is really good it intertwines with the characters on an emotional scale like yeah two was about elena and nathan their relationship and it's like the start of it mm -hmm. and then you've got three as the whole bit with sully and nate like the history behind how they became treasure hunters oh yeah, yeah. of course the flashbacks yeah the flashbacks and like how he got the ring as well. So yeah, stole yeah. it from a stole it from a museum. Yeah. yeah, the museum bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now this is gonna be really hard for like the people who, who made and tried like already, I guess. How are they gonna do with the set pieces and as well the characters? Like that's a really hard bit to do. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. You, you like how long's the game? Six hours, maybe? Six hours. Like most yeah. Most games are about six hours, depending on how fast you play them. Maybe like I think Uncharted Speed 4 is Yeah, exactly. Uncharted 4 is so much, so much longer, but you know, how can you fit that into two hours or less than two hours? I I don't know if it's possible. Yeah, it's like how TV shows they flesh out the characters in the episodes oh damn you know, find out. imagine an uncharted tv show that'd be great that'd be awesome actually, i'd love that actually that works yeah you need more time and i feel like a tv show would be great but too late now too uh, late too now late. Um, unless but if the film flops or something 
it will. <laughs> it's got really bad reviews, but we're still oh, watching God. it, John. We've made promises to the people. We're gonna keep our promises. And we're gonna watch that. I hope they don't. I hope they Ooh. won't ruin anything. But there's some cameos I heard here. Now. Oh, cool. Yeah, I know one, but I'm not gonna spoil it. Nice. Well, yeah, three has the emotional stuff that I really liked, and the one that you really told me was in the Atlantis. Like they find this weird chest. I guess like that's for like hallucinogens. I guess I don't know. And the whole sea sinks. Yeah, yes. I remember that the whole sea just sinks and you have to like mm-hmm. run away and like it's destroying itself and then the one bit that marlo gets sunk into the sand mm-hmm. and it's like help me you're a drake nate's arc is amazing learning the ultimately he's got nothing to prove and he finally he leaves the ring and he tries to save marlo because he should because of selflessness and at the end of the day he takes his marriage ring and he makes that commitment to elena i feel like this in a way, like, this really feels like the end of the Uncharted trilogy. And it, it, it's it got a really strong arc for Nathan Drake over the three games. You know, like, four very much feels like an epilogue. Whereas these games kind of craft this very central story about Nate kind of trying to, you know, learning to kind of be able to let it go and to have a life. And obviously, Uncharted 4 shows us that's not exactly there but the ending is so cool as you say it's an extension of among thieves ending like you know <laughs> nate and silly escaping this this city as it goes into a sinkhole and you know you don't get a full full-on villain fight but it's it's pretty satisfying to beat up talbot my god talbot is a real stinker i hated that guy oh <laughs> so talbot. annoying he keeps on showing up and 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 he's such a oh i hate him He's so he's so smug all the time. And yeah. uh, I think that at the end of the day, even though Drake tries to save her, Molo's death is pretty, pretty satisfying. But yeah, I love this game. And I genuinely can't decide whether I like it more than two or not. What are you going to give it out of 10? Nine, actually. Yeah, um, I agree. I just don't know. Like two, three or four, I couldn't tell you. Like you hold a gun to my head. I could not tell you which is my favorite. Like, I think they're all so, so good. And that's so rare as well. Like, what what game franchise can you say, don't say Kirby, where all of them are that good? You know, the first one, not so much, but like the the the, the second three, amazing. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. Uncharted 4. Wait, yes. I, I thought, wait, no, sorry. Sorry, I oh. thought it was, uh, I thought it was, I thought it was Kirby again. <laughs> anyway, King TD <laughs> in Kirby's every yard, like, that boss fight, yeah, the boss fight is cra- crazy. Like you have to get to. Oh no! The, what have this, I done? Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I tried for the, the coins. The coins. Yeah, the coins. Oh, five yeah, years. Five, five years later, after Uncharted Three, there's an element of finality to this game. You know, it presents itself as early as the opening credits. I love the opening credits. You know, you see oh, the best the opening credits. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The you quote? see the oh, the oh quote. I can't, like I, can't I am a man of fortune, and I must seek my fortune. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, that, that's... Avery. It's perfect. You get to see in, in this opening sequence the best scenes, all the best sequences from the first three games. It kind of recaps what's become before and its importance. It's so cool. And obviously, you know, the music is great. It's a celebration of what came before and signaling this. This is the definitive ending for Nathan Drake. Yeah, this time they really stepped it up, I think, with the set pieces. Like, oh, yes. They haven't, you know, forgotten about Nathan's past and it introduces new stuff in the game as well as with Elena and Drake's unknown brother throughout the game. Yeah. Hey. Surprise. Uh, Nathan has a brother. 
Sam is really smartly used in the game. Everything feels so personal with him and provides Nate with unique emotional stakes. The relationship between the two of them as brothers, it feels really organic and you can tell they love each other and have this bond that's as long as time. Troy Baker, who, you know, is a wonderful uh, voice actor. He really came onto the scene and did an excellent job. All this makes Sam's betrayal and the reveal that he was working with Nate and that Nate has left everything for no reason. It makes it all so much more heartbreaking Sam is the opposite of Nate. He's a man who lies and cheats for selfish reasons to gain the treasure he obsesses over. He's everything that Nate has been in danger of becoming the whole time through all four games. And when given the chance, he can't let go of his greed and his desire to find the treasure. Whereas Nate can finally let go. You know, Nate leaves everything, his life, Elena for the sense of adventure and thrill that he's grasping onto. But what he finally learns in this game is to let go of the past. And what makes Nate a better person is that he goes back for Sam because there are things that he values more than riches and the people that he loves. The relationship between the brothers, like the, yeah, as you said, it's so organic. And throughout the game, you have the, like much love. And the really cool thing is that the game itself really confuses you, like with at Sam's backstory. Like there's a whole section where Sam was in prison mm. in Panama, and you get to escape from it with the drug lord. I think, yeah. And the drug yes. lord, like, this is such a really convincing story. And you as the player, you're like, oh, wow, okay, that's that sounds really familiar, you know, with the past games. And then when it hits you with that plot twist, like, oh, no, he, Sam just walked out of prison. I I, I did that. So, mm. and you're like, oh, my God, it's Drake's deception. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. What? Like, uh, <laughs> but the title is self, that's really self-explanatory. Like, Mm. a thief's end nathan drake is trying to live a quiet life but he can't he can't let go like yeah. the whole section with nathan in the attic when he looks through the past oh, and i love uh, that with the, all the adventures like he goes through with the first one el dorado shambhala mm. Mm. i love how we meet nate in the present day you get the whole prison sequence and then immediately it juxtaposes that he's living the peaceful life but you know as you say he's not ready for it seen in the attic yeah. shows his inability to move on he's still living his old world of adventures and exploring in his own mind it's like james bond on a magic secret service seeing trinkets and photos from the previous games giving nate a chance to reminisce on what his life was and still could be it sets up it wonderfully. And I think, like, the gameplay is perfection here. We perfection, have perfected yes. it. We, we've peaked. All the elements of the last two games are great, but it's, it takes it to the next level with the rope amazing. swinging and the, and the driving and the swimming mechanics. It just, it takes the five years of game progression that, you know, they've had loads of time to work on this, and they're like, boom, we're going we're gonna to take it to the next level. Yeah, and story-wise, it's still amazing. Like, the story mm. is just so emotional and... It's that mostly driven. It's really organic, yeah, with um with that whole relationship with Elena. Oh, and yes. there's a really, really good bit when Elena and Nathan go through New Devon in the car and they yes. go drive through it and the whole soundtrack. Uh, I don't know what song it was. Uh, it's it, I I do. It's for better or worse, which is Elena and Nate's theme, oh, and it is it's fantastic, and it makes these emotional yeah. scenes between them so much deeper and more impactful. As you say, we have a chance in this game to just see them on their own, confronting the issues that have plagued their relationship for all the games so far. You know, Elena doesn't hate Nate, but accepts who he is and who he wants to be. And at the end of the day, it's Nate who must choose to let go, and he does. He puts the thief to bed and and ends his part of his life. The game is about Nate putting aside the thief and choosing 
to see other adventures in life. The adventure of having a family to love, to laugh, to find the beauty in the world that doesn't come from lies, murder, and treasure. It's what the games have been about the whole time. And I really hope the films don't forget this emotional core. Oh, yeah. It was like a really good, like with the, with the gameplay and you can mm. really feel the emotion. And as well yeah. with the backstories, the soundtrack when... Nathan sees, uh, like, he's Catholic school, I think, yeah. Um, yeah. And he sees, like, the blinking light of Sam, like, at the, at the end, with the score of the adventure, how the adventure lures you in. And that's so cool. Like, climbs through the rooftops, uh, rooftops and you understand, like, the whole story. Yeah, it's weird this, in the, this is the same in the third game, but young Nate looks like Tom Holland. <laughs> Like and obviously Tom Holland has been cast as, as Nate in the it film does. and it, it's 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 strange. Was this the it's plan strange. all along? No, Mark Wahlberg was going to play Nate and then he aged out the role because it's been in development for so long. Uh, oh, what well, do you think about uh, what do you think about Rafe? Because I thought you know Rafe's a, a decent villain. Yeah, oh, yeah, he's decent. Like, he's decent. Yeah, none of the Uncharted villains are that memorable at the end of the day, but they do get better. And I'd say that Rafe is probably the best out of all of them. Someone who feels yeah. devalued, like he has nothing to his name, instead defined by his father's wealth, and is always playing second best to Nate. What makes him scary is his rage and willingness to not hold back. But just like Sam, his obsession over Avery's gold is his eventual demise. Uh, yeah. He's really in keeping with the rest of the villains of the series and his closest connection to Nate's past with the prison and all that. It it makes him just a little bit more memorable. Yeah. And, you know, just like Avery and two, the pirates who obsessed over and killed each other over their treasure, uh, Sam and Rafe were destined to die over their ambition. Um, but Nate is there and he, you know, he's trying to show them better paths, resulting in Rafe attempting to kill him in what is literally oh, a room yeah. full of burning treasures. You know, Rafe, Sam and even Nate's ambition come burning around them. But Nate has the sense to save the others instead of killing each other for ultimately worthless gold. Nate has proved himself, as Rafe describes, as a legend, but proved himself to be better than anyone else. And as he's, you know, learned that the treasure doesn't matter. And, and I just think that all of this is such an amazing arc. Again, this isn't just Indiana Jones, but you think about Indiana Jones... He doesn't really have an arc. Yeah, he doesn't. The, the only arc he has is maybe to get married, but he doesn't really have an arc. And that's fine. Indiana Jones films are excellent. But like Nate has a really strong arc in these four games and it comes to a perfect conclusion here. It does. Like this is how you like perfectly end a character. That itself, finding treasure is their downfall with their desire is itself is poetic. Like Avery and Thomas too died. Like they killed mm-hmm. each other with the over mm-hmm. of obsession of having this treasure in this pirate mm-hmm. utopia called the Libertalia. It's a myth, but it's been in the mm-hmm. books. That whole bit when Nathan and Sam get to Libertalia and that whole soundtrack, like you see the whole view, like yes. of the of the town. Mm-hmm. Ah magical and oh and the other thing as well that the game that i really loved is that there's no mystical stuff yeah um, it, it totally strips it down it goes back to basics yeah which i really like uh, but the other games it's great they have their own mystical themes with like shambhala and atlantis mm. and it's the most realistic game mm-hmm. uh, i mean with the set pieces <laughs> oh. i mean i mean loosely i mean like loosely. you think about probably one of the best sequences in the franchise the car chase through the streets of Madagascar, which is wonderful. You know, you go from car to rope to truck back to car and then motorbike. It's so cool. I mean, not realistic, but it's it's got so much energy. In terms of like with themes and like exploring. Yeah, no, 100%. It manages, yeah, it manages to be so challenging. It doesn't last too long. Like, okay, 
sure, especially in this sequence, the rope stuff is essentially one big quick time event, but it's executed <laughs> so well. It never made me bored. And, you know, it, kept, it keeps you in the shoes of Nate. It's so amazing because it comes at a really emotionally distressing point just after the protagonists have learned that Rafe has been tracking them this whole time and they've got to dash and leave. And then after the elation of the whole thing, it all comes crashing down when Elena is in Madagascar and she confronts Nate finally. And it's such a gut-wrenching scene because she's so, so hurt about how much he's oh, lied to her. Yeah. And you know, the music in this scene, it's, it's amazing. It really sells it's one of the most emotional yeah. moments. As I said, with for, for better or worse, wonderful, wonderful sound. I want to get to the earlier bits for the, uh, the set pieces with the bell tower sequence. Oh, like, yes. He's to, like he's trying to wing the bell and then the whole bell just like destroys itself because Nathan <laughs> touched it. And just, Nathan's a just, bloody idiot. <laughs> yeah, he just once he like destroys something, he just goes, eh, I'm fine. <laughs> just like, what's I was, it? I was surprised that Sully was okay. You know, like, I'm okay, I, would, kid. I would, I would look up and get hit by a huge cog and just die. <laughs> like dude but i think this you know the gameplay is great but along with the music it's got those emotional moments the game takes a lot of time to stop and breathe appreciating the graphics which are, are beautiful and and giving you time to sit in those emotional moments and that is exactly what i wanted in the first game and we get it the most in this game i think this game it's a bit long it's, it's pretty long but you know it spends a lot of time driving about but like it's it's really rewarding to get this time to sit with the characters who we felt, you know, after all this time. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty long, but I don't care mm-hmm. because it's just like the adventure. It's fun. Like, uh, you, oh, yeah, of course. It, it, yeah, yeah. I want um, a, I want like a 12-hour sequence where they're on a plane, just waiting, just like, oh, I'm so jet-lagged, like eating like crappy aeroplane food. Like we need like an extended version where it's just, you get to see all the different like scenes of them just like traveling. <laughs> they're just like so tired. There's other great set pieces that I want to talk about. Later on, when Nathan and Sam go up to like this tower in Lipitalia. Yeah. And then... They get surprise attacked by Nadine's army. Yeah, yeah. And they they completely destroy that building. And then the building like falls onto the other side. And Nathan and Sam like they climb through this building. Like they have to run across this mm. building like as it collapsed. Oh, that's great. Love that bit. Yeah. Every time uh, there is something collapsing or falling in an Uncharted game, that's that's where the best sequences of the game of the games come from. Mm. One of the bit was the um, when in Madagascar they're traveling through with their jeep, and in the jeep the rope and it gets yeah. stuck by the rock, and they get like completely onto the cliff and they fall down, but the rope is still attached to the tree. Like, oh my god, what the hell? And yes. Just, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Amazing. And oh, the one bit that it was pretty emotional when mm-hmm. Nathan finds the treasure. Nothing mystical about it. There's, it's there, like at the other end of the cave that you see with the ships, and it's like there. Which, which also might be in the film. Like, there's a shot in a trailer of oh, like the crashed ship. Did the film mention who was in possession of the treasure? Like, you got Marco Polo or Henry Avery? I haven't seen it, so I have no clue. I don't know. Doesn't the trailers say that? Yeah, I don't think because. I wish they did, but no. <laughs> yeah, I hope that oh. I wish that the, the trailers just showed the film so I don't have to go to cinemas to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the amount of detail into this game oh, is beautiful, impeccable. Like, mm. it's so good. Like, the treasure, fun fact, I thought this was whole fake, this whole uh, Henry Avery character. I thought he was, wasn't real, but he is. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. um, he was like a real life pirate. 
And the treasure that you stole, $108 million, is still Ooh. wasn't found. It's not found still. Wow. And I was like, oh let's my do God. it, John. This is no longer let's the Outer Time film podcast. This is the Outer Time exploration podcast. We're going to find the treasure. We're going to come uh, back and we're going to, I, 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 I don't I know, we're going to kill dreams. each other for it. You um, had dreams I about it. Had dreams. I had dreams about like finding the treasure. And it was like, oh, oh hell John, yeah. John, that's how it starts. It starts with uh, a dream. I got to say, just like to, to cover the ending of the game. It really oh, is perfect. Epilogued. After everything, Nathan gets to live happy. He forges a fulfilling life with Elena. And that's what we see. We see him happy at the end of it. You know, he has his brother back, his wife. He finally feels fulfilled. And he manages to make a business and have a daughter. The final sequence, playing as Nate and Elena's daughter, is the perfect, perfect end. This is what they've got after everything. You know, it mirrors the opening as their daughter searches through all their trinkets, showing just how far they've come, what they've achieved. Uh, It's what they gave it all up for. And to quote Steve Rogers, it was beautiful and i just think that why why do we need to adapt like you could genuinely make a really cool film out of these games but you don't need to these games you can't perfect something that is already shown exactly these games are so so good i just think it's i think inevitably the uncharted film won't even come close i really like it you know it was like a really sweet ending to like nathan and Elena. And then, fun fact, throughout the game, you see this book that Nathan was trying to find in, in the past. Uh-huh. And it was written by his mother. Yes. Now, you don't know what his mother's name was. Mm-hmm. And you do at the end when the book says Cassandra. Uh-huh. And Cassandra is short for Cassie. So. Oh, and that's his daughter's name. Yeah. Wow. That's beautiful. It's really cool. Yeah. There's so much, so much detail goes into these. Just, just amazing. So, uh, what, what are you gonna, out of ten, give me a score. With, with the gameplay, with, with the story and the emotional driven, I have to give it a ten out of ten. I'm sorry, I mean, but it's just, yeah. Do not apologize. You? Amazing. Nine again. I think. Oh my I, god! Incredible. Okay, I can't, I can't tell you the best one. I really can't. It could be four, it could be two, it could be three. It's not one, that, but like, oh, they're very really solid. One? A one? What it's not, you it's not one. What? It's not one. All right, I'm sorry. The best one is Kirby's Epic Yarn. Okay, thank you for listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, that's the best. These games, man. I don't know why they turn it into a film. Honestly, yeah. like. Hey, there's a lot of potential. Could be great, but I don't yeah. think it will be. I really don't. Uh, uh, I don't have faith in it, but it does have the greatest actor of all time, Mark Wahlberg. So, Mark you know, Wahlberg, guys, and Tom could Holland. Could be wrong. He's, he's yeah. famous and like, because he was the spider guy. He's the spider yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's next uh, week. So thank you, everybody, for listening. If you enjoyed it, please give it a thumbs up and hit subscribe if you want to see more. As I say, Uncharted is next week. But don't worry. It's not all bad because the week after, it's the Batman. Oh, I can't contain my excitement. I'm oh, so, dude, yeah. So hyped. It's going to be oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, hope everyone had an amazing week. If you uh, want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Pod. You can hear thoughts from me on Twitter or see all of our incredible thumbnails uh, on Instagram. And you can email us if you want to get in touch, tell us your thoughts on Uncharted or just ask us about anything. We will answer it on the podcast if you email us at OurStimeFilmPod at gmail.com. Take us out, John. Thank you for listening. We... Thoroughly enjoyed about talking about Uncharted, like one oh, yes. of the best game series. Um, mm-hmm. I need to play it again. Like it's ah, uh, I have to play it again like someday. Thank you for listening again. 
make sure that you're vaccinated. Make sure that mm-hmm. you're wearing masks to the cinema. Uh, and yeah, be safe and be good. Yeah. Yeah. Be safe and be good. Wow. What a wonderful way to end it. Take what you're given. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.